Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Grab a Bite. I'm your host, Mike, or Michael, and today I'm joined by an amazing guest. She is a UC Berkeley grad, a bootcamp grad, an incoming Georgia Tech master's student, and a software engineer at City. She's also a ukulele player, a coffee enthusiast, and apparently a former competitive swimmer. How are you, Megan? I'm doing good. I feel like you get, you got, you know too much about me. And I don't know, <laughs> is it because like I put too much info on my LinkedIn? But I'm really glad you brought all these up and I'm really happy to be here. Well, yeah, I think in one of your more recent LinkedIn posts, you were like, uh, please read my profile before reaching out to me or something like that. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I better do my research. Because <laughs> like so many people, I feel like, you know, I have like a lot of connections and then when I post something and I know someone liked my post and now I'm here, like for that specific post, I was offering coffee chats and I feel like a lot of people would just be reading my post and without knowing who I am. So who the heck this girl is, you know, or something. And so like, and I don't want to reintroduce myself like over and over in the same post and make it very repetitive in my content. I was all like, if you really want to know about me, just go to my page, go to my LinkedIn and then like, I put a lot of stuff in it. People have said great things about my profile and I'm really proud of it. So I'm like, might as well just go there, you know? So yeah, that was an intention. And I do want some, like, I'm, there's another thing I'm also encouraging is that like on LinkedIn, um, I think like you and I both know is that if you want to connect with someone, especially if you don't know that person, like send a personalized like note, right? Like you always have to attach a personal personalized note um, I think that will mean a lot. Sometimes when I see that kind of notes, I will remember that person better because I know that they read my profile. And that is something I'm kind of like unintentionally trying to push. So yeah, that's kind of my intention. Yeah, no, first impressions are really important. Exactly. How did you get into these coffee chats, by the way? Like as in how, why did I start or like why? Yeah, or did where I did you even it? get the idea from? Yeah, for sure. So um, thinking way back in like flat iron in like 2020 um i'm sorry what bootcamp did you go to again oh i went to full stack academy back in 2018 2018 yeah i don't know like i think i mean obviously every bootcamp is really different and i do remember back in 2020 when i graduated from flat iron um they kind of required us to at least talk to like 10 people like reach out to like 10 people or like talk to 10 people per week or like five people. I don't exactly remember the numbers anymore. And um, I was talking to this career coach and like, you know, at that time I was still very, very new to this whole networking thing. And I do have to point out, I'm also an introvert. And so like, I think, I mean, introvert, people always think that we're shy and I kind of embrace that a little bit. It's like, I'm kind of shy person, that kind of thing. I don't feel that anymore. I feel a lot more comfortable, but like back in the days, like I feel really shy. And so I reached out to my career coach and was like, hey, is there any way we can do this? Is there any way um, how to make networking more efficient? Also, like, it's very, very scary when you talk about, like, co-messaging, like, a stranger and stuff. And then, like, knowing that they might not reply or they might not, like, see your post or something. And so um, my career coach, like, taught me on how to, like, attach, like, personalized notes, how to, like, look into, like, other people's profile, uh, LinkedIn profile. And I, I think at the end of the day, at the end of the week, I sent at least 10, 15, 20 uh, cold messages out, like, you know, connect to at least like 10 to 20 people. I think only, usually only like maybe four to five or even less uh, reply to my LinkedIn. And anyway, long story short, and that's how I kind of started doing this like whole coffee chat 
because like I understand the feeling of being scared to put yourself out there and reach out to like strangers to get help so I might as well just like put myself out there and be like hey I'm an available resource and I'm a very nice and friendly person come talk to me maybe <laughs> I'm not that intimidating to you if you see my profile picture so like yeah here I am so yeah, I guess like that's the idea of where Coffee Chat came in. And I do have this idea of like doing Coffee Chat. Um, Hopefully maybe in the next two to three years, whenever I start a new job, I would definitely want to do like another round of like Coffee Chat with like, like a dozen of people just to get some advice, just to like, I don't know. Like, I mean, eventually we'll see how it goes. Maybe I want to start a community. I might want to start a Discord server or like something like that. But right now, I think this is this is what I've been doing. This is how comfortable I feel like. I mean, this is how much I can do right now. So yeah. Yeah, no, it's awesome that you're giving back. <clears throat> and it's cool to hear that it started from your boot camp. I think boot camp is really great. Or not, I shouldn't say boot camps <laughs> are all boot camps. Yes. But a lot of boot camps try to foster this certain culture of uh collaboration and inclusivity sometimes yes uh so that's like one pro for boot camps but um overall so you said you went to Flatiron, right I when did, was this yeah. 2020 how would you say your experience was overall would you recommend it to somebody else I think it depends on which bootcamp you're talking about. Cause my experience at Flatiron, I think like especially like the post bootcamp was that experience wasn't as great as I thought. Um, especially the career support. I do okay, I do want to mention that I had a great career coach. Um, but I also felt like he didn't give me enough support as in like, you know, I had this expectation going in as like he's gonna help me look for connections, he's gonna help me do this and that, but that's just my expectation. And I don't know, I feel like I paid this much and they're talking so much like the school themselves. They talk so much about like how great they are with career support, which now that I'm thinking back is like every bootcamp talks about it. And I like every bootcamp person that I talk to have mentioned the same exact thing about how the career support is just not enough. Um, but I do want to like credit one of the one of the person that I met through Career Center. Like she was actually the one who referred me to my first job, like by the by month eight of my job search to, around like twenty twenty one, and so I guess like that's like the pro. I don't I don't want to fully discredit like Flatiron for not helping me, but like I would say those eight months was really really painful, and a lot of times that I put a lot of. I use a, a lot more like outside resource um, to help my job search. So I guess like in terms of the curriculum itself, there's there are a lot of things you could have done better. I think one thing I can think of like back in 2020 is that I wish they push learning Redux even more. Not that Redux is actually, I don't think a lot of, some companies, they like using Redux, React Redux, but I think some companies that are not pushing to use Redux but I wish they push more to learn that. And there are also I, another thing that I just wish like they don't teach like Ruby and Rails. I wish they taught like something else, like some other like backend languages. Um, and I guess like we sometimes we talk a lot about this, like they didn't really teach data, data structure. And there are some boot camps I kind of like um, came over like later in the years is that they do have some data structure focus. Yeah, there's a lot of things. But what about you, Michael? Like, how's like Full Stat Academy for you? 
So uh, I definitely echo a lot of your sentiments. Um, I think it's a common theme for people to want more career support mm -hmm. uh, because the way boot camps are presented, it it's it almost feels as if it's a one stop shop to getting a job right after, mm -hmm. like a really fast CS degree almost. But that's yeah. not even close. <laughs> um. I had a really good experience at Philstack, I think overall. I had some really awesome instructors and the cohort that I went in with was also really awesome. I still keep in touch with a lot of those people today and um hopefully that hopefully they'll be on this pod and you'll hear them too. <laughs> <laughs> so for the curriculum, I don't think <clears throat> I have too many complaints about it. Uh I I, I went into coding bootcamp not knowing a lot. Mm. So you know, not well, we did learn Redux, for example, but not learning Rails and using Node on the back end, that wasn't really a pro or con for me. Mm -hmm. It was more about learning the uh, fundamentals behind like mm -hmm. what happens in the back end, what happens mm -hmm. in a database. Yep, 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 yep. Um, and I think the lack of data structures and algorithms focus that was. Also a little unfortunate because, you know, all of the top paying jobs basically require you to be good at algorithms. I think there's a little bit of a shift in the uh, curriculum for <clears throat> a couple of boot camps to focus more on that. Mm -hmm. I think CodeSmith, for example, mm -hmm. um, or Rhythm School, they, they do a little bit more prep in that area. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's kind of impossible to really cram everything in like a 12-week course. Yeah. So I, I can't fault them too much. Um, but that that was basically my experience in a nutshell. Overall positive. Maybe this is also survivorship bias. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it also because um you graduated in 2018, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I guess like I I also find it really interesting when I was talking to I remember back in the days in 2021 when I was reaching out to like bootcamp grads who graduated like way back in like 2017, 2018, it seemed like they also have like, they also had more positive experience than a lot of us in 2020, 2021 experience, just because also like with the pandemic. And then I think like for like bootcamps, I think for specifically for, for I, I don't want to speak for like out of bootcamps. It's like, I remember they mentioned they had this like career fair, like on campus. And then, a lot of folks I talked to, they actually got jobs like through the career fair. And I think that was one of the career support that people were talking about. Maybe it, it may not, I mean, it may not be perfect, but like at least they have this career fair. At least like you got to talk to like com companies who are <clears throat> expecting to hire like bootcamp grads. I think the expectation just like shift a lot, like because of the pandemic and also and but at the same time, the bootcamp are still marketing the same thing as they did pre-pandemic, and so oh, I yeah. feel like yeah, if mm -hmm. you think about it, right? And then I feel like bootcamps are still doing the same thing till this day. Um, based on my conversation with like dozens of like bootcamp grads, and yeah, it's just I I I okay, I gotta be honest, I do. I do shit a lot on boot camps nowadays. And when people ask me if I recommend going to boot camps, I would say just do your best and make sure you are well prepared of what you need, like well prepared to go in knowing that like you're going to be working 
you have to work hard like a lot like post boot camp because that's what I did is that I joined volunteers I I mean I did volunteering I did hackathon I you know I started like I didn't even grind lead code until I found until I'm looking for my second job but it would be great if I start grinding lead code and in, in, in my first job search but anyways but it's just like there's a lot of hard work there's a lot of like co-messaging there's a lot of networking you have to do that boot camps don't even tell you, don't even bother telling you about these kind of stuff. Just because like they're trying to keep that image, it's like, yeah, you're gonna get a six-figure job after graduating from boot camp that kind of stuff. And they're still marketing the same thing to this day. And when I come across these like advertisements on Instagram, on like LinkedIn or whatnot, I got really, really mad. And I was like, you have to change this whole advertisement. This is not how you do things now. And then like, <clears throat> like I guess that like, one of the topics we're gonna talk about, we're gonna cover. We're going to talk more in details in a bit, but one of the things I noticed when I was talking to like the fresh bootcamp grads is like they they literally had the same expectation that like they're going to get a job like right after bootcamp. And then, um yeah, and then I think after, and then a lot of them I talked to, they've been job searching for like eight months or even like a year or even longer. And then I was, and then sometimes when I look at their resume, sometimes I ask for their resume before coffee chats, I look at it. And it was like, the resume is actually pretty bad. And I'm sorry to say, I know some folks maybe who, who've been on coffee chat with me probably hear this podcast, but I'm like, I'm sorry, your resume is actually pretty bad. And I'm like, they need a lot of help on that. And I don't know. It's just like, yeah, I still, I mean, I'm still very fresh from a lot of the conversations from my, uh, from my coffee chats in the past two weeks. And so like, there's some things like I just still trying to process to this day. So yeah. No, I totally hear what you're saying. <clears throat> yeah. I'm the same. When someone asks me if like a friend, if they asked me, should I go to a coding bootcamp? I can't in good faith say yes immediately. Yeah, there's yeah, a yeah. yes, but then there's an asterisk. I have to caveat <laughs> it always. <laughs> because exactly. there's a lot of bad bootcamps out there. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the, the times have changed, right? Expectations are different now. Mm-hmm. The prices of bootcamps have gone up and mm-hmm. the, the curriculums have not really... Uh, updated with the times or mm-hmm. at least maybe not as much as I'd like them to maybe mm-hmm. it's a little subjective mm-hmm. but um, the return on investment on boot camps is probably lower than it was mm-hmm. uh, a couple of years ago when we did it and I'm sure that in the future it's probably going to get worse unless you know there's some some shift um, yeah. but it's weird because tech is such a high paying field and mm-hmm. it probably will be for the foreseeable future, unless, you know, chat GPT, something, something. We'll talk yeah. about that later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, before we get into like the bootcamp a little bit more, I'm curious to hear about uh, life before bootcamp. How did you get into coding bootcamp? How did you hear about that? Um, because I don't think you majored in comp sci, did you? No, I did not. Um, <clears throat> so my story is actually pretty straightforward, I would say, because um, I'm not necessarily a career transitioner, just because I, b- before bootcamp, I was, I was, I was just graduating from college at that time. But um, I've always, I remember in college, I've always had this dream that I, I want to do something related to coding. But I was also majoring in like social science, I was majoring in sociology. And I started thinking like, okay, maybe I should get, I remember around like- Wait, did you say sociology? I did. <laughs> Wait, sorry, what was that? I'm very uneducated. 
So wait, what do you mean? What is sociology <laughs> you're asking? Yes, what is sociology? Okay, I guess, oh my God, I, I don't know how to explain <laughs> this. So sociology is more like a study on society. Um, it's like a lot of times like when people, when government making policy, they need sociologists, you know, they need research paper from like sociology to understand like how society works, uh, what kind of policy to make, you know, uh, how, what, it's not necessarily like behavior, but it's, I feel like it's kind of complicated for me to explain this in one liner or like in one sentence, just because it's also like, there's a lot of mix of like uh, psychology, philosophy. It's like, they're like, I I think they're like a trio, you know, like yeah. I was gonna so, ask because yeah, is is I, I mean when, when also you hear another philosophy. Thing, and, yeah, think something when you hear psychology, you think something. But when I hear yeah. sociology, I'm a little confused. It's more like I guess like social interaction. A lot of a lot related to society, I guess. So one of the things I did learn, I guess you know, I I can give like a quick example. Like one of the things I did, I have to learn is like, um, understanding, uh, how like. I think a lot I remember one course we talk about like uh legacy legacies in like Ivy Leagues and we talk about and then we make the comparison to like um low income areas and like we're talking about why education is not accessible uh why is it not fair why is this like society is not like a fair world to be in just because like there are kids who are like less legacy AKA their parents went to Harvard, their their relatives go to Harvard or whatnot. And there are kids who are living like low-income family, never knew about these kind of like education resources. And they will always like stay in the low income, like for many, many generations, just because they don't have access to these like certain things. And so that these are like the, we always talk about a big picture. I'm, I know, I remember in sociology, there's also like a micro and a macro. We kind of talk about it. I don't remember much anymore, but it's, it's really interesting. We just talk about society like a lot. Mm. So I guess that's sociology for you. I think for the listeners who listen to, they're maybe like, they don't, they don't agree with what I'm saying. I just want to say just because like, I never really actually Google what sociology really is. I just kind of <laughs> go into the major and just have fun with it, you know? Yeah, so I did sociology, and usually for sociology path, there's two paths I can think of, or maybe three, or one, I don't know. It's like either after you graduated from college, you go to grad school, and then like you did like a PhD, which a lot of professors did that, right? Like they did a PhD, and then they become a professor at a college. Or you could go to the social worker route. Um, I think I'm saying like more directly related, right? I'm not saying like indirectly. Directly related is like you can go to the, you can get um, a certificate or like I think you still have to go to school in order to get that social worker like uh, license certificate or whatnot and become a like legit social worker. And there are a lot of people who, who are just like out of like social science major, they would go into HR. And that was one of the routes because the thing is that I don't want to do school again. I remember right after college and so I was like considering like, oh, maybe I should do HR. Maybe I should do recruiting because I like I really want to be in the tech industry. Doesn't matter if I'm doing coding or not. I just want to be in the tech industry. Um, and I was actually thinking about like maybe I should become a tech recruiter. And then I started talking to more like uh, recruiters who also used to go to Berkeley. And then they told me that they used to work in those like um, headhunt agency or like they used to work in those like, like, I don't know if you know, Robert Half, you know, those like companies mm -hmm. um, just to get their start, just to like, but they have to like grind a lot. They have to like work so hard um, just to get their second or like third like, recruiting job and in an actual like full-time recruiter job at a legit company. 
I'm not saying Robert Half is a not legit company. I'm saying like company as in like bigger companies, bigger name companies, you know, as a recruiter. And I keep thinking is like I don't know if I actually want to go to that route. And also like at that time, I'm also horrible at doing like coffee chats. I was also horrible at networking. And I don't think I was necessarily the best person to talk to people at that time. And so, yeah. And then a lot of back and forth. I think I just came across like coding bootcamp. I don't actually remember how I came across coding bootcamp. I think it might be because I got this like ad on my Berkeley email and saying like, oh. UC Berkeley coding bootcamp, like stuff like that. And I was like, hmm, that's something so I can consider. Works. Marketing works on me. Yep, <laughs> definitely. And I was like, oh, like I didn't know UC Berkeley offer like boot camps. And so I started looking into it. And then like I started coming across like I, I even went through somewhat like a process with a UC Berkeley boot camp. And then after after just one or two and then like, they have me do like a behavioral, they have me do some some sort of like aptitude test. And I'm like, no, 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 this is not the boot camp I want to be. And I want to have I want to be in a boot camp that is like challenging enough. Like for me to like actually make me think, make me like cry, make me like whatever. Like throughout the I know it was, yeah, I was that brutal. I was like, I need to, I'm, I'm very harsh on myself like, a lot of times. So, and then, yeah, that's how I came across. Like, I think I kind of just narrowed down my choices to like App Academy and a flat iron. Cause I was also thinking full stack. I was thinking of like full stack. And I think like Grace Hopper was like a sister bootcamp of full stack. And I actually thought of like doing Grace Hopper, but I had to be in New York in order to do that. So I'm like, nah, I guess like I'll just stick with like Flatiron and Ab Academy. But for like Ab Academy, I remember you had to go through these like bootcamp prep course. And I was really, really stressed about like the tech interview, the tech interview, quote unquote. Um, but yeah, later on, I just passed like the Flatiron tech interviews, quote unquote. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'll just go to Flatiron. So yeah. That's kind of my life story. It's not, it's very straightforward. I don't have like a background on specifically anything besides an academic background on sociology and that's it. Yeah, no, I mean, that was very interesting. I'm sure there's a lot of stories in there. <laughs> yeah. Was, we, yeah. Don't to, we don't have to get into the weeds. Yes. Um, what was your process for deciding on um, like what boot camps? How did you even find out like what other boot camps there were? Because I know you said you narrowed it down to, you know, like three it sounded like but yeah yeah there's there I'm sure there were way more options yeah, yeah um first off like you know when you go to like I don't know is it like career karma like that website I don't know if they actually rank those boot camps and I also know there are a lot of websites there's another website it's very plain but not it's not like a fancy website I don't remember now I feel like if I say the name you would know but I don't remember the name now excuse is it me switch up no, I don't think course, so. Course report? Okay. Course report or something like that. Something like that. Some Somewhere okay. in that category. And they rank like, yeah, they they were ranking like boot camps. And I think App Academy and Flatiron were like the top two. And Full Stack is like maybe like one, one of those top threes, you know? And yeah, I think my my search is like really simple. I just, just clickety-clackety and I was like, okay, there you go. Like, App Academy, Flat Iron, Full Stack. I'll go for, and I think Hack Reactor was also part of the was one of the lists. And I look into the curriculum. App Academy has a really nice website talking about what they teach and everything. And I think I remember the other factor I was thinking about is the tuition. App Academy, you have to stay for twenty four weeks, I believe, and then you pay a lot more. 
And for Flatiron, it was more straightforward. I think it was only like 12 to 14 weeks and you pay like a lot less. I think like App Academy at that time is around like, if you pay up front, it was around like 23, 24,000 or something. And for Flatiron, it was around like 14K um, for 14 weeks or something like that. I don't actually remember anymore. But if you do ISA for App Academy, it's like you have to pay like 31K. And by the way, I do have to mention someone I talked to recently, she went to App Academy and and she, I think she graduated from App Academy for two years now. And she's still paying off the App Academy ISA thing. Wow. And, and so I was like, yeah, I, I'm like, I like App Academy, but it's always kind of tricky. It's like, hmm, like, do I actually want to pay that money for two years? You know, like, yeah. So I guess, yeah, like, you know, like uh, um, aside from like the tuition, I was just looking into the curriculum for both like App Academy and Flatiron. I like both of the curriculum. And like my thought is like, okay, uh, whichever I got into first, I'll join at bootcamp. So that was like kind of like a deciding factor at the end. Yeah, I feel like a lot of these boot camps have similar enough curriculum so that yeah. if you go to one of the, you know, higher or better regarded ones it probably doesn't matter where you go it just more depends on you yeah and I guess what option is best for you exactly um, but I did I did wish like at that time I know how to like reach out on LinkedIn because I actually honestly it never crossed my mind that I should reach I should go on LinkedIn and reach out to some folks and talk about their boot camp and I think that's one thing I wish if I had to go back I would do that but now when I hear people tell it like when I hear people thinking about going to bootcamp that's right and reach out to me I'm actually really glad and I'm really happy to have that conversation with them so yeah I guess like for folks out there listening if you're thinking about bootcamps reach out to people on LinkedIn ask about their advice so yeah that's a great piece of advice yeah I would I was just about to say that same thing <laughs> because of because of like this um I I also still kind of reach out to people like regularly on LinkedIn, whether that's just to like talk to them, get their insight on like new tech or, you know, how it's like at their company, especially when I'm job hunting. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like, I guess it's all part of networking. Yep, exactly. Uh, if you don't mind me asking, how long was your first job hunt post bootcamp? Yeah, um, I do not mind just because I already put that on, on the internet. Like if you... If you actually went go through my LinkedIn profile really thoroughly, not just my profile, just my post really thoroughly, I kind of talk about it quite a bit, so I don't mind that question. You do um, post a lot. <laughs> I know. I, I post even more in 2021 when I was first time job searching. But anyway, and you have a with, blog too. I had Maybe a blog because of because of flat iron because of flat iron. Thank oh. you to flat iron. I discovered my passion in writing like legit like I'm really grateful I think that's also another thing I'm really grateful for I is like making me realize that I actually really enjoy writing and I really enjoy like, content creating in general so I I think like as long as I'm still in the software engineer sphere like I would keep doing that so yeah um sorry I did a job hunt for eight months um for my first time and it was I remember at that time it's funny because like now that Nowadays, in 2023, with all the layoffs, everyone's saying like 2021 market is the best. But I still remember when I was job searching in 2021, literally everyone said like 2021, you're such in a bad timing. 
because like literally we're we're just done with like pandemic. You know, we're still going through the pandemic. Uh, people are still not hiring at that time. But it's funny that like now people say twenty twenty one has the best market, and I had the worst time looking for jobs around that time in twenty twenty one. I think it's also because I'm like a bootcamp grad, and people are not really willing to hire bootcamp grad. I guess like I think it's kind of been like this for. I don't know for how long. I think especially since pandemic is really, really hard for bootcamp grads to find jobs unless like yeah. you have really great connections or like you know someone in your company that can refer you to that specific, like internally referring you to that software engineering uh, position. I think like if you're like, I remember one of my biggest insecurities at that time is I was a college fresh grad, not a CS major, but I'm out here with a bootcamp so-called like a certification of a completion in like flat iron or something in this like specific program and I'm out here looking for jobs and I like I literally know nobody in this world I in especially in the bay area like I don't know anyone and I just have to call message anyone and I'm like how do I even make connections how do I even build a connection with those people how do I bond with those people and it was a huge struggle and I think at the end of my job search for my first time I think I only interviewed for maybe like five companies within those eight months. And I think when I say interview, I'm also talking about, I think two of them are only phone screen. And then they just like straight up rejected me after the phone screen because they realize I'm not, they, you know, they look at my resume, they talk to me and be like, you're not experienced enough. We don't want to hire you, you know? And the other three was like, I kind of did went through a technical portion of it. And then like, I didn't do well, unfortunately, um, I'm sorry, I actually realized that one of those five, including my one of the companies I ended up working for. So I guess like two of the technical portion, I didn't do well at all. And then I passed um, uh, my my first company's interviews. And yeah, it was it was a really long, harsh process. But one thing I'm really grateful for these long process is that like I actually was able because I was I was posting a lot in 2021. I think I was posting at least like three times a week or something or wow. on average. Yeah. And then I was able to build like a huge connection. I'm sorry, a huge network. And I think like by the time I finished job searching, I had initially I started off with like maybe like 200, 200 around like 200 followers. And like by the eight month mark, uh, by month eight, I think I got like a thousand something followers. Just Wait, because I followers was, is that different from connections on LinkedIn? I think some of them just follow you. They don't necessarily like connect with you. Oh, it's kind of okay. interesting. You can just I think I think it really depends on your settings too, right? Like I think some people like um some people rather have the button like follow on their profile rather than connect. But oh, I ne I never I really switched that. that. Yeah, I never switched that just because like I don't mind people connecting with me and I don't want people just following me. I want people to actually connect with me. So like I guess like yeah, I guess like you can I mean, in this contest, I guess you can use it like interchangeably, like followers, connection. Yeah, so start. I started off around like 200 followers slash connection to like a thousand something connections just because I post a lot and I think I, I attract a lot of my audience to my content and stuff like that. And I got to be honest, like a lot, some of these people I still talk to to this day. That's like, awesome. Yeah, we're still in connect. We still reach out to each other. Hey, how are you? Like, we're still trying to like do some like small catch up and stuff. I think that was one thing I'm like actually super grateful for those eight months. And I think that that is something I think towards maybe the last two three months 
of that job search, it made me so much more positive that like thinking back of all the hard work I've been doing and all the connections I've built. And I'm like, I'm really grateful for all these. And I'm sometimes I feel like it's kind of like it's meant to be or like, you know, I think it's fate that it happened, that it may take me eight months, but like I built so much connection and I know going forward to my second job search, it will be a lot easier. I, I'm thinking about that in 2021. I'm not talking about this in 2023 market, just so you know. Yeah, so. so yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I've read I read some of your LinkedIn posts, some, not not all of them. And they were very, like, you know, inspirational quotes. Thank you. <laughs> uh, people could pull inspirational quotes from them. Um, yeah. And yeah. I mean that's one of I, that's one of the reasons why I asked you to uh, be on this podcast because yeah. I feel like you would be great at talking about this kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want I wanted to touch on a few things you said there. So, okay. um, so one thing you mentioned early on was about the negative stigma that bootcamp bootcamp grads have. So mm-hmm. at this point in your career, I'm assuming you've worked with at least a couple of CS grads, right? Mm-hmm. And do you feel like that negative stigma is warranted? Are CS grads better than bootcamp grads Mm, I think I don't know I feel like okay my my personal experience I have great experience with like working with my colleagues I all my colleagues are like the best people I've worked with um I never felt the stigma because I do want to say like most of the time you know as long as you're able to do the work as long as you're able to because here's the thing like everyone in a company they're all still learning like, I think for the seniors, they already expected the juniors to ask questions. Um, but I also do have to mention, like, I think that kind of leads to why um, I wanted to go to Georgia Tech to do my master's is um, oh, yes. it's not it's not something because my I have a horrible or like a negative stigma, like people have a negative stigma on like bootcamp rest, not, not that. It's because when I'm talking to my colleagues slash my friends, who are who did their CS degree? I can see the difference. Difference as in like the knowledge gap that we have. I feel like when I talk to my colleagues who have like a CS degree, they're able to talk about some like very fundamental concepts like really well. I can't remember exactly what, but like that's the feeling I was getting. Is that and then like I started thinking they didn't just so I just want to put it out there they did not um talk bad about me. They didn't talk shit about me or whatnot. But it's just. I can feel the difference. And I think that difference kind of like, it stank me a little bit. They didn't, they didn't, you know, like, it's not their fault. It's just me that I'm more like someone who just want to learn more, that kind of person. And so that kind of leads to my decision that I want to, I, I know eventually within like a year or two that I want to do a master's degree in CS just to get that like fundamental, just to get that knowledge, even though it's going to be really dry, even though it's going to be really boring, but I'm like, I want to go through the program just to get that CS degree, not because I want to make my resume look pretty, but simply I just want that knowledge. And I know that knowledge is going to be really helpful when, say, if I one day when I become like a senior or like a principal engineer, and I know a lot of stuff is going to bring up like in their interviews and like a down the career path, like I know a lot of stuff I learned from school is going to be really useful. I think like as of like this is this is like 2023 me speaking right now. I don't know my opinions may change in like two, three years. But right now, this is my thought and this is how I feel, especially I went through a lot of interviews and I've talked to like a lot of like senior engineers and 
I I was asking like, what are you looking for when you're interviewing someone, right? Like when you interview a candidate, what you're looking for? And they t- told me a lot of these like concepts. They were like, okay, I think one of the one of I went to a tech conference like a couple of days ago, and I was talking to one of the founders, and I was asking him, is like, what are you looking for? You know, from like say like an entry level folk, like when you're hiring, so what you're looking for? And I think one thing he did mention, like he mentioned like a couple concepts, and he mentioned the word concurrency. And I asked him because I never heard of concur. I heard of it, but I don't know what it is, right? And I asked him, "Is this something that you can learn from school?" And he's like, "Yes." I think like as a CS, as a CS degree, if you have a CS degree, that is something you would come across. That is something you're expected to already know. We don't expect you to know how to really use it, but like we just want to know if you have the knowledge. And I think that that I think that kind of just proved my points like even more on like why I believe like. You know, you don't really necessarily have to go to school for it. You can actually self-study it, of course. Like you can do whatever you want, like based on the financial situation, based on your learning style, whatnot. But I choose the path to go for masters because I believe it would just enhance my knowledge in CS, and I I believe that it would enhance, it would help my career path like down the road. So that was a decision. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of I kind of just ran off around talking about masters, but like. Yeah, I don't have any. I don't feel anything negative from my colleagues, so I just want to say that. Yeah, I don't know if having a CS degree inherently makes you better than bootcamp grads because yeah. some bootcamp grads are really smart. I'm not talking yeah. about myself, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> but um, uh, I do want to say because I don't, I don't think I'm smart either when it comes to like, especially when it comes to like CS stuff. I'm very slow in learning. And I like I just want to have a space for me to like really digest like all these information, because like you know just speaking of like learning things really fast. I talked to some bootcamp grads when I first graduated. It's like they were able. I I feel like they probably start already grinding lead code way before they graduate from bootcamp. But it's like to me it's like it's kind of impossible for me to really really get really good at lead code within like three months or like six months, and. I think some people they're just really good at it. They're just really good at like grasping these concepts. And I'm like, I think I need at least a year or two to really understand even the fundamentals. I think it's gonna take me some time. And I do wanna like just wanna like um piggyback on what you're saying is that I do agree that like like having a CS degree doesn't make you like a better engineer. Doesn't make you like any difference from like you know I think bootcamp grads and CS degree it doesn't really matter. But that that is just my choice. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. Not trying to tell people to get a CS degree, not at all. That's not my message. Yeah, well, I think on average, like you said, they do come out with better fundamentals, right? Like yeah. sometimes you just don't even know what you don't know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Because there are the, there are those things asked in interviews. Like I think a common one is um, like object oriented design patterns, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's other things not asked in interviews that you don't even think about that you don't know that you don't know because you don't know it exists. Cause mm-hmm. uh, for example, I think you mentioned earlier, you didn't even know you needed to grind lead code until you're a second job hunt or something. Right. Yeah. Um, But I, I talked to a couple of CS grads and uh, about this like idea that, you know, having a CS degree kind of makes you a better engineer. And I feel like on average, they might be better engineers initially because they've just been coding for longer, mm-hmm. they have more experience debugging. They might be more mm-hmm. comfortable with the feeling of frustration. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think they also feel that 
um, imposter syndrome almost. That feeling mm. of uncertainty that you don't know how to do something because when you first start a new job, right, there's no way you know how to do everything immediately. Uh, even if you're a senior engineer, staff, principal, whatever, every company has their own way of doing things. Yeah. And if even if you have experience doing something similar at a previous company, it might not necessarily be uh, the same thing at another company. Mm-hmm. Um, point being, uh, that that is a gap that can be narrowed over time. And I think in the long run, it probably doesn't matter whether you go to a boot camp or... Uh, go to college for a traditional yeah. comp sci degree yep i do want to say one more time that like this is 2023 me speaking and again <laughs> this opinion may change like you said because you talk to like more folks than i do i think when it comes to like uh folks who are in who have a cs degree and i feel like i just i for me i also need to probably talk to more people to understand like you know what do they think for like a bootcamp grad what is your take or like a lot of things. I just need to talk to more people to get that knowledge, like just to get that knowledge, and I think to form my own opinion. But like as of right now, I'm just saying like this is my opinion right now this year. So like this will change. Just want to put it out there. I don't. I definitely want to keep it open minded to understand that gap that you, that we were talking about and you what you're saying about like that gap will be narrowed like later in the years, maybe in like three, four, five years later, I'll be like, yeah, you don't even need a bootcamp grad. Like you don't even, you don't even need to have a CS degree. You don't need to go to bootcamp, just self-study. You know, that might be something I'll say like in two, three <laughs> years, who knows, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think online uh, quote unquote bootcamps are becoming more popular. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of good free content out there. There's some subscription-based models that exactly. are self-paced. Yeah. That are getting, Those getting a lot contents- of popularity. But those contents are gonna get better, like you said. It's gonna get better over the years. Also, one of I think the I think the saturated market of like having like bootcamp grads, um, I think that may lead to like better content in the future, like like free online content in the future, because of some of these people, they might end up just starting their own like curriculum. They might just end up like starting like a, their own like Udemy course, teaching you how to like go through these stuff, like and then by putting their own personal experience in that. So I do, I do agree. I do believe the content is going to get better um, in the near future, for sure. Like over the years, it's going to get better and better and better and people could just learn it online, for sure. Yeah, another point I wanted to touch on earlier, what you said, uh, was about the job market in 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like the job market was pretty good, but maybe not for everyone, like 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 you said, because you're yeah. you know, a boot camp grad. Uh, I feel like because the government was just printing so much money. Stocks were going up. You know, all the fan companies were just hiring so much more. Exactly. And, you know, indirectly, the bar was lowered a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're seeing a, a little bit of a correction now with all the layoffs, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, But job hunting for uh, a boot camp grad is very different from job hunting for someone with a little bit of experience yeah. uh, or maybe maybe that's not the case for you um, but curious to hear about how your job hunt was this time around or actually maybe we're skipping ahead a little bit too much uh, <laughs> how was your experience at your first job uh job hunt or job my uh, i'm sorry your experience uh, at olive 
at Olive. Um, it was great. <laughs> I actually, I actually do. Okay, and I mean now I'm I'm not in the company anymore. Now I can say stuff. So like, one of my one of the things. Okay, so my company was also hiring like crazy in twenty twenty one. Um, actually between 2020 and 2021 so my company started not sorry not my company Olive started having like maybe around like 300 people or something in 2020 or 600 I forgot and then like by the time I got hired when I was hired in September 2021 there are already like a thousand and two hundred people in the company so like you can see that they're just hiring like massively and then like now when I started working when I start joining this team literally i think for me and i think another person we literally don't have anything to do in for three months but the good thing is that like we're always like sitting we're still uh, participating in these it like, meetings we're still like shadowing i think this is the other part is that i i do enjoy like shadowing the senior like and the more senior engineers in my team and i actually get to have like more like one-on-one -on -one chats with my manager at that time i think just over time it kind of like builds that relationship between like me and uh and everyone else in the team despite not having anything to do but i think at that time my biggest frustration is that i literally don't have anything to do i didn't have anything to do and then when I started to learn what Olive really did is that and it's like they did a lot of like some so-called automation. And there's this one thing in the industry called like RPA, robotic process automation. Um, is I'm telling you, it's just literally writing scripts. So I think by the time I got laid off from the job, my JavaScript, my TypeScript actually got really good. But then I'm not trying to get myself a head start, but like uh, when I was looking for my second job, it was a huge struggle because I didn't have any experience in full stack, like professional experience in full stack. I learned full stack in bootcamp, but I didn't do any of those stuff in like at Olive. And that was, I remember that was my my biggest insecurity when I was looking for my second job because my all my experience come from bootcamp. And when people saw my resume, they know that I have a year of like working experience, but like, by the time they met me and to be like wait like you don't sound like you have like a year of experience just because like you don't you didn't do anything with full stack and so um i okay so going back to the company but going back to olive i loved olive i love the people but just not the work and mm -hmm. i think that leads to i think what they're doing i think one of the biggest uh thing they've uh, the biggest like problem or like the biggest problem they actually encounter like recently is like cut Customers are complaining that the company is over-promising but under-delivering. So like we're not shipping as many products as we would like ourselves to at that time. And I think at this point, the company only has 300 or even less people in the company because they also have to lay off like so many people. And I think the investors are that like investors, when I got laid off in July 2021, I'm sorry, July 2022, um, the investors are not investing in the company anymore and they're just like ran, ran, running out of money. And I think this problem is still happening to this day that I think like, I, I don't know if you know that article, like not article, like there's a website called ACOS. They wrote about Olive like very negatively. And then there are actually people willing to interview with, uh, with them talking shit about the company. Um, yeah, that was the problem. But at the end of the day, I do want to say the one thing I love is I actually, um, I love my colleagues. 
I even made friends with some of them. Unfortunately, never met them in person, but at least that we have that like connection, and I'm really grateful for that. And I learn about, and then I learn about what a good scrum team is because I had, I have a, we had a really good product manager in the team, and that was my greatest experience when it comes to scrum. When it comes to like stand up, and I actually really love the scrum process. And I think one of the goals I want to be in the future is that I want to be a scrum master because I really want to push to be like a really, I, I want to push a really good scrum team. But yeah, that's like a topic for another day. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think a lot of companies probably don't have, even have like dedicated Scrum Master roles. Like they'll yeah. have their engineers do the Scrum. Yeah. Um, like on my team, we have an engineer do the Scrum and it kind of rotates a little bit. Yeah. Once in a while. Um. So would you say your job, your second job hunt was easier because you had more experience or because that experience maybe wasn't as valued by many companies, it was kind of the same type of job hunt. Yeah, I, okay, I need to reflect this on a little bit. I would say there's, there's good and bad. I wouldn't, okay, the better side of things, I would say I did, I do get a lot more interviews, which is something, by the way, very grateful the negative part, the bad side of it is that exactly what you said that like, I mean, going back to what we're saying, right? Like, because I don't have that professional experience. And I feel like the companies, when I talk to the folks, like they can, that when I talk to the companies, they can tell that I'm somewhat very in, inexperienced in that sense. But they're still willing to interview me because like, obviously, I'm, I'm great at talking and they just want to talk to me, but I'm just not <laughs> great at talking about like technical stuff, unfortunately. And that really pushed me so much because in my first job hunt going back to first job hunt I spent more time actually networking and that was actually like a really big mistake because I wasn't at that time I just spent so much time thinking about I need to get more interviews I never considered my interviewing skills like I never thought of like grinding lead code I mean even that I did but I avoided it I avoid grinding lead code and I was just like keep on building projects and, and then in the meantime I spent majority of time like networking or like going on LinkedIn but for my second job search I'm grateful for the fact that because of my experience I got more interviews and through the interview experience I learned what I actually have to study for instincts I think Going back to what you mentioned about understanding the fundamental of like backend is like the language doesn't matter. Um, as long as you understand the fundamental, I didn't learn that. I didn't learn that part until my second job search. I didn't understand why is it so important until the second job search because a lot of times they don't even care about my front end experience. My resume is actually very front end focused, but like they started asking me a lot of these like backend questions when because I'm interviewing for the full stack. And I learned that I actually have to be really fluent in talking about it, even though I don't really know how it works, but like, I have to be fluent in talking about it. Like, for instance, like they're asking me like, oh, uh, AP, the connection between like API and like database. With Ruby and Rails, I don't know, Michael, I don't know if you know about Ruby and Rails, but Ruby and Rails, literally, you just type in some command, everything is provided for you. And I, I literally don't really have to understand database to do Ruby and Rails. I literally, and I feel like that is like a big thing for me. It's like, I actually don't understand database. I think to this day, I do have a lot to learn. And I, as much, I, I know about like designing API, but only because through these interviews, you know, like there's a lot of things. I pretty much for my second job search, I did 
almost like all types of interviews that you can think of. Uh, data structure, of course. API design, I already did like two, three of them already. And I already, I also did like very like vanilla JavaScript live coding, pick up assignments. Uh, I, I think I also did like maybe one very casual like system design like interviews. It's like I've been through so much interviews now or so much like so many interview types that like I kind of got a sense like on like how to study things and how to like get better at interviewing. And I think that's also how I get started with like lead coding and stuff. So that's how I started understanding why lead coding is so important because like when you can't talk about something so technical like very fluently, but if you're able to do lead code like pretty good, like pretty well, and if you understand the fundamentals like of data structure really well, it will actually kind of kind of help you get through those interviews, you know. So it's like you gotta play the game, you know. Yeah, I used to be very very strongly against lead code also, mm -hmm. um, but in hindsight, lead code isn't that bad. <laughs> yeah, because I remember on my first job hunt, um. I also didn't prioritize the right thing. Similar to how you maybe over-indexed on networking, I probably spent too much time trying to learn the a little bit about the tech stack of the company that I was applying to. And every company uses a different tech stack. So mm -hmm. it's kind of inefficient because if you study the tech stack for one company, like whatever companies that don't use the same tech stack, it's yeah. kind of a waste. Yeah. <laughs> and also tech stack is just like, it's just a surface, you know, like, like it's just on the surface. And like, if you actually, like you talk about like the fundamentals of these, like, because all the texts that they literally have the same set of like similar set of concepts, right? When we talk about MVP, when we talk about MVC, literally they have the same concept. And like, all you have to do is like, as long as you understand those like concepts, like you can actually get yourself like learning into any new text that because you already have the fundamental. And I feel like I didn't even realize that until maybe like five months into my second job search. And I was like, they all like really similar. It's just like different syntax, you know, like why didn't I, because we were just so focused on like learning text that we just forgot everything, like like the backbone of everything, you know? And so I feel like this is something really important that, and also when I'm giving coffee chats, that is something I talk about it like so much is that first off with the current job market, don't focus too much on like job searching focus more on like actually building your fundamentals when the and so like by the time when the, when the market gets really like when the market gets better you'll be prepared if you have any interviews right like you you'll be prepared to be in those interviews and talk about stuff because you spend time grinding lead code you spend time learning fundamentals you spend time reviewing stuff that you may already have learned in bootcamp but now you forgot and because you study it now remember so I was just like, that is something even in coffee chats, I just talk about it. I kind of give like really similar set of like advice to like all the folks I talk to. It's like, it's like if they listen to me, cool. Like I would be really grateful if they actually took my advice. But if they don't, that's on them. But at the same time, it's like, this is the same set of advice I've, I've been giving like quite a bit. It's like, focus on fundamentals. Like, please, right now with this job market, you're not going to get anything and you're going to burn out like even faster. Um just by because by getting these like generic like rejection email we all get burned out from just rejections so might as well put that energy into like learning something new learning something you might already know but you didn't know that you actually know you know like something like that so yeah job hunt is very stressful yes. i think pe people 
feel different degrees of of stress depending on you know their skills their situation you know i don't know we know anything about your personal life um but <laughs> everyone has their own set of circumstances right yeah and i think burnout is like a really important thing to keep in mind mm-hmm. too because like you said it, it happens to everyone you know yeah. uh, unless you're like a machine or something exactly. <laughs> what do you AI. <laughs> do you have any tips on you know sort of keeping yourself in check maybe your mental health any yeah, uh, <laughs> ways of <laughs> coping with with uh, burnout yeah I do I didn't I gotta be honest I didn't learn all these stuff until maybe halfway through my second job search um so so I, I kind of have to put it out there so like I started actually losing weight since like June 2022 I don't I I hope this is not a very sensitive topic for some of the listeners out there because like I started losing weight not for the sake of like losing weight I started losing weight because I started thinking more like on the healthier side it's like because I got really overweight like between like 2020 to 2021 and then like it got me into like um really serious like mental health issues and stuff and in 2022 I really decided to um try to be more healthy in general which I want to kind of like it, it, it is related to the burnout stuff I I, I promise um and so around <laughs> no, that I totally time <laughs> I, I actually that have time, a similar story but sorry yeah go on. okay yeah, yeah yeah for sure feel free to share too because I started uh my 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 weight loss journey I started with like intermittent fasting like 16-8 um like with the 16-8 the purpose of like, I think, I don't know if you know anything about intermittent fasting. The purpose of this like is not necessarily like helping you lose weight, but it's just a way of like calorie deficit, trying to like help you like to not consume so many calories. And thinking from that point of view, it's like you start eating healthier. You start thinking from like, what kind of food do you put in your body? And if this is like a whole another topic that I'm not going to talk about in this podcast, because uh, I'm not definitely not an expert in it. But like, what do you eat into your body? Also, also, re- also, um, reflect on how you're feeling in general. Like, part, like I think it also affects your mental health a lot. Is that how if you eat a lot of junk food or stuff, like you know, you're you you tend to be more. I'm not trying to say this in a more technical way because I'm I don't know how to do that. But it's like you tend to have maybe like more negative thoughts on certain things because of the food they the chemical the food release. I'm not going to get too technical in it. Anyways, and the other thing I did is that in order to keep my calories in count, is that like I started going out for walks like a lot. I I go I started walking like every single day for at least like 45 minutes. I try to hit that like 7,000 steps or 3.5 miles every day. Um and I feel like it really really helps especially when I was like feeling super tired sitting in front of the computer and around like maybe three or four o'clock I would just go out for a walk and I I like I find it really important is like not only to be healthy but like you also have to find something that you really enjoy doing like like for that like weight loss like journey but in the meantime this exercise you have to find something that you really enjoy like I think when you're feeling burnt out and you have to find something that you really enjoy. Some people they might they might like to play uh in a band, they like to play guitars. Um, some of them like to do journaling, which I do journaling a lot. Um, but one of the first things I found is actually going out for walks, like 45 minutes a day. 
um, especially like post like like after work hours, go out for walks and then like have dinner, you know, do my night nighttime routine and then like I'll go I will come back to my computer and continue to do work. And I just want to emphasize on the walking part because anyone can walk as long as you can. Um, you know, as long as you have like two legs and or whatnot, like you're I feel like what I'm saying is kind of controversial that I'm saying this out loud. But um yeah, it's just walking in general. It's very important. Like for if you don't want to run, if you don't want to do anything else, go out for walks, enjoy this, enjoy the sun if there's any sun in your area. Um, but enjoy the fresh air in general. It will be really great. Um, the other thing I do, like I mentioned, just like a minute ago, is like I do journaling. As I mentioned, like in the very beginning of the podcast, it's like I enjoy writing a lot. And so I found writing is my way of like, if I have any thoughts in my head um, and when it gets like super messy and I just need ways to really organize my thoughts and I'll just start writing. I, I like in my iPhone notes app, I literally have like a bunch of like notes just containing my thoughts. And for me, that is my way of like really expressing myself. Some of them actually transfer to a LinkedIn post, but a lot of times like it was just in there, just me trying to organize my thoughts. And that really helps with my burnout. I feel like I kind of get too technical on talking about like how I do journaling and stuff. But like, yeah, that's how I kind of cope with like burnout in general. Yeah, I actually also used to do intermittent fasting. Uh, yes. Not on purpose, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not oh, purpose. not on purpose. Okay. <laughs> you know, back 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 in like college, high school, I was a really skinny kid because, you know, I was just obsessed with doing something else, and I would just skip meals. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> so not not healthy. But not um, healthy. you you'd be surprised at how many people do that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that is that is um, a good tip. So in summary, uh live healthier and find a better hobby or not a better I, hobby sorry. I, I would say find like live I, yeah find a hobby because I feel like live healthier is like not everyone can how to say this like I I feel like I'm a privileged situation where I live with my parents I don't really have to care about like you know I don't really have any like major responsibilities um to take care of and I do want to put it out there because there's some folks maybe like they, you guys have to like work like also you know try to have you have a family and you still have to work a lot despite like the job search and I think I feel like live healthier is such a privileged thing to say because like sometimes you have to find ways to like afford food like sometimes it's really hard and so I think this is more like do what do what you can do the best you can in terms of like live healthier I don't know yeah <laughs> um Live healthier is not to say you have to be a hundred percent healthy, right? Yeah. Uh, it's it's hard to just cold turkey something. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I think the general general idea is pretty good. You know, if, yeah. if you can like like you said earlier, everyone can walk, right? If yeah. you can be a little bit more active if you're not already, that's mm -hmm. always a good idea. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot of science behind why exercise is good for you. Mm -hmm. Um and you know, the whole food thing is also, you know, a good point. Yeah. Um junk food is bad for you like even if you're eating at a calorie deficit right if yeah. you only eat junk food you're going to feel terrible yeah uh so food is very important but yes. i'm also not an expert in this area so i'm gonna yes. stop talking about that okay <laughs> <laughs> uh all very good tips though yeah uh, but now going back to like the technical part um, okay you have any tips for people who are entering the job market now because it's a very difficult time and 
do these tips differ for if you're a bootcamp grad versus someone who or someone who has a lot more experience? A lot more experience are you talking about like at least like two, three, four years or uh let's say someone who has maybe like two, three years of experience. Michael, I feel like you'll be more fluent <laughs> in talking about that sense because like I only have maybe around like a year of experience and I still consider myself entry level. Oh right, that's fair. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So maybe I'll just focus more on like the entry level and then like you can like chime in, tell me more about your experience as someone who already has like two, three years of experience. Sure. Um yeah, let's do that. Um, as for right now, I think I can already kind of mention like in the beginning, I mean, not really in the beginning, like maybe like a, few, a couple topics ago, I kind of mentioned like right now is not the best time to really focus on like really, really job searching. And like, I think I would just bring in some of the tips I we kind of just covered like earlier is like first off, um, that, I mean, this is, this is something I didn't really talk about. So I definitely like put maybe a day or two focus on just networking just having coffee chats, talk to people. And if you're an introvert, I know it's hard, but like um, just send like a message to them. And also like, uh, I don't know, Michael, are you going to put in my LinkedIn and stuff? And I just want to put it out there. It's like, feel free to reach out. If you're like, especially if you're feeling an introvert, you don't know how to do networking. Um, I can give you some tips on how to network as an introvert, I guess. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I'll do my best. But um, yeah, definitely focus a lot on like just doing networking and coffee chats for like maybe a day or two because you're going to burn out really fast by talking to people. I think even for extroverts too, like sometimes you just need some me time. Everyone needs me time. Doesn't matter if you're an introvert, extrovert. So like make sure you only spend a little bit of time, focus on networking, get that connection. And then I would say for the rest of the time, building interviewing skills. I think that was something we were just talking about, right? Like understanding fundamentals uh grinding lead code and not just i also have an article talking about how to effectively grind lead code um i think that's something people completely ignore they just go straight to like lead code and start doing stuff or they will go straight to like hacker and actually start doing stuff no that's not how you do lead code by the way like you need to like actually learn the fundamentals of like data structure you have to learn all these like data structure first before you like go into like actual like lead code um i have a I think like Michael, you already came came across like some of my posts. Like I think one of my posts so specifically talk about the resource of like data structure. I don't know if you come across that post before. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that was the one specific post that I highly recommend everyone to read. I'm not trying to um plug myself in here, but no, I no, please do. <laughs> <laughs> no, because the thing is that I believe in good contents, and I believe I write good contents, and everything I. Everything I write is like I actually put a lot of effort like thinking into it. I don't I don't write like shit posts. I just I literally put thoughts into it. And some of the times like it may take like for me three to four to five months to really figure stuff out before I put those contents out there. And so I guarantee like the the stuff I I recommend is like good stuff. It works on me. And I've been saying this, I I've been um recommending similar resources to some of the folks. And they are giving me like really positive feedback. So like definitely use that as the resource. And again, like I want to put myself out there. I like to be someone's go-to resource person, like for me. So like if anyone wants to look, uh, looking for more resource, reach out to me. I probably have a lot more in my resource bank. So I can like definitely tell, I, I can definitely share more um, in the future. So yeah, I guess like those are my tips.
I hope that's kind of helpful, I guess. I'm sure many people will find it helpful. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, and I can vouch for Megan's resources. They're good. They're good. Yes, thank um, you. <laughs> and I, I couldn't do that because I'm not good at writing uh, yes. English. I could write code. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also am a big fan of good content. But one problem that I know a lot of people struggle with is uh, with how much content there is out there. There's mm. there's too much or too many resources out there. Uh, you know, I I went through this myself. Like, yep, I there agree. was there were too many things out there. So I didn't. I actually spent more time trying to figure out which resource I should use rather yes. than spending the time on the resource. Yes. Uh, I and I so, agree with that. And that's mm -hmm. that's why I I understand that's why like when I think that's one of the reason why I try I I'm doing my best to post the best content I have, just because like I don't want people to take me as in like like I want to I want to give that image to folks out there that like I I'm someone who give out like good contents like good like resource, you know because like there are a bunch of oh my god there I remember I I feel the sentiment too is like when I was going through Twitter Twitter, everyone who's trying to be like Twitter famous. They will literally have these like I, I feel like it's like a it's like a what do you call it? it's like a template like if you want to be like a if you want to be Twitter famous literally all you have to do post all these bunch of like resources on their on their tweet on their tweets <laughs> and I like and I'm seeing this like every single day when I'm scrolling my Twitter it's like there are some folks that hey like these are the ten good resources to learn about React hey these are the ten good resources to like study data structure and I'm like. And I'm seeing this like every single day. So I understand the sentiment very well myself. And again, like I, I agree with what, what you said about like Michael is like you like you can read all these uh, resources, but at the end of the day, like you are the one who, who decide, uh you are the one to decide like which resource works best for you. You know, and I think that's how I curate my own list of resources. Is that like this is what works best for me, but again disclaimer it may not work best for you and i need you to put some work to like look into it that kind of situation so i'm definitely not trying to force anyone to use everything i put on my list so yeah yeah uh thanks for sharing those interview tips or i guess job hunt tips job hunt tips um, yes so when i went through my second or maybe my third job hunt um I try to approach it very systematically, right? Yes. Or um, also when people ask me like for why, for reasons why they're failing in this job hunt, uh, I try to pinpoint where they're failing first because mm -hmm. I can't really offer advice um, broadly speaking. Yeah. Unless I kind of know your situation. Exactly. So uh, to keep it general, um, if you are not getting phone screens, so typically, right, you get a phone screen, then a text screen, and then they're on site. If you're not getting phone screens, I feel like your resume probably needs work. That's what I could, thought. You could network. Yes. yes <laughs> if exactly. you're not passing the other parts, then you need to work on your technical self. Um, exactly. Technical skills. If you're not passing phone screens, that could be an indication that you need to work on the behavioral questions more so than the technical questions. Mm -hmm. um, but depending on which area that you're struggling with, I, I would probably give a different piece of advice. I agree. So 
people who are struggling to get interviews right now is very difficult time. Um, mm-hmm. But what has worked for me, at least, has been reaching out to people who are technical and non-technical. So if you can get maybe a non-technical recruiter to look at your, your resume and give their thoughts, that would be awesome. But also, you know, some thoughts from an engineer, someone like yourself. <laughs> um, and then reaching out on LinkedIn, I think we already touched on this earlier, but yeah. that is also really important. Yes. Um, Not just like referrals, but maybe to get some insights on like insights. an interview experience in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and something that I feel like people underrate is the power of LinkedIn, the, like your the profile itself. I know mm-hmm. you put a lot of effort into your profile. I, I did not nearly spend as much effort into mine, <laughs> but I did still put an effort. Yeah, and, that's good to uh, know. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I've, taken in, I've taken out some parts. Uh, so if you looked on LinkedIn now, it's not the same as when I was job hunting. Mm-hmm. But um, I actually had a good number of recruiters reach out to me. Do you think because you LinkedIn work at Bloomberg? No, this was before Bloomberg. Oh, that was uh, before. Okay. Yeah. So why is that? Why do you think that was the case? Because I didn't. I gotta be honest. I don't get a lot of recruiters reaching out to me, and I don't know I why. Think, I think it starts to happen after you have maybe more than two or three years of experience, because recruiters ah, have like a filter that yeah. they can like you know find people with. I see. And LinkedIn has a lot of tools to help you narrow searches like that. Um, and I try to use all of those buzzword keywords that recruiters looking for right of course okay. include all of your tech right but yeah. maybe you want to put in metrics right make it yeah. tailored a little bit more like how you tailor your resume yeah that's a good point uh and that was also a different time right yeah um the economy was not nearly as bad as it is now or i should yeah. say maybe the for tech at least yeah, yeah yeah and then for behavioral questions i feel like I recommend everyone read up on Amazon leadership principles and try to prep for their interview. Really? Why? Even though it's probably overkill to prep that many stories for your leadership principles. And even if you don't get the Amazon offer, that prep time for behavioral questions is going to to prepare you for every behavioral question out there. So you're saying overprepare is better than underprepare. Yes, but it's okay. also efficient because you can't really prepare for every single question in isolation, right? Yeah. So you kind of come up with a, a few stories, not a few, a good number of stories that you can talk about in detail. Mm-hmm. And based on the question you get, you've picked the best story that can be applicable to that question mm-hmm. and answer the question that way. Um, And then, you know, I guess we all know the last part on sites, right? There's yeah. no way around it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just have to practice algorithms. Yeah. I mean, or like, of course, there's like a... or, or like if you're like maybe someone like yourself so who have like two, three years of experience, like you, get, you gotta be really good at system design, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> Personally, when I, I when I interviewed, I had around three and a half ish years of experience. Yeah. I only had maybe three or four system design question i feel like now has changed a lot now uh, how long are we talking about though for your like you you only get three to four system design how long like maybe a year or two ago was that or like this was around 
Q3, Q4 of 2022. Ah, interesting. Okay, so it's pretty recent then. Okay. I feel like system design is more common for people who have five or more years of experience, or maybe they're interviewing for like a senior level position. I see. Okay. Yeah, but uh, that's that's a whole nother topic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like even within the on-sites, right? There's so many different things you can study. And uh, there is domain knowledge that is important, right? Yeah. Like you mentioned earlier, concurrency or like deadlocks or whatever, which is probably yeah. more common in like Java interviews. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, for JavaScript, you might be asked like closures or like, you know, how do higher order functions work under the hood? Yeah. Um, I know some front end positions want you to build a front end component that might be kind of complicated, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, you've had those. Yeah. I mean, live coding, I have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. That makes sense. Oh, um, I think some of them, because I remember like if you actually like, you know, speaking of like front end, maybe a little bit on React, Redux. I think I remember when I did take home assignments. Um, yeah, they really focus on like looking at my props drilling on like how do I actually manage to like props drilling in React. Um, and at that time, I don't really know Contest API. I don't really know uh, Redux at all. Like Redux is like overkill. Like I think even the creator himself said sorry about like creating the Redux as well. I was like, yeah, don't <laughs> use Redux. But anyways, like they were also looking specifically like on these like concepts. They want to see like how much you know about them and how you can, I think for front end specifically, how you implement them as well. And so I, I personally think like front end interviews are actually a lot harder than like full stack slash backend interviews for some reason. Because backend is like, I think something you can actually learn. I mean, front end too, but front end, I think it's just more nuanced. Anyway, that's just my take. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm i not sure about that yet because I haven't had enough interviews. I feel like my sample size is kind of small. <laughs> um, But they are, they are different, definitely. Yeah. It requires a different set of skills. Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, that, that makes sense why, you know, you, you felt like, I think you mentioned earlier, you wish your bootcamp taught Redux because of this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this, maybe this is where it's coming from. Actually, I do know a lot of bootcamp grads, even from Flatiron, they know about this concept. But like for me, is that I didn't learn only because they didn't really push push us to learn. I think some people just take the initiative and learn it. But I'm like, I'm just like, fudge it. I'm like, I'm just going to focus on what I already know. And just keep doing it. and now i realize that it was a mistake i should have learned it but anyways unrelated yeah. somewhat <laughs> yeah prior prioritizing what you need to study is exactly <laughs> definitely something else yeah it's, yeah, it's yeah. pretty difficult especially if you don't if you don't know if you just don't know you know yeah 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 i mean yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay well um this has been a really enjoyable discussion uh I'm not sure how much time you have left, but I think we've been going on for a little bit over an hour. Um, but yes, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, thank you for taking the time to chat with me. And I'm sure people will learn a lot from your experiences. Likewise, Michael, I feel like you also give really good advice like in this podcast. <laughs> I hope like just, and also you have a way of articulating things. And so I'm like, yeah, you actually give really good advice. Like, I think for the listeners out there, like I knew Michael, like, you know, because um, I, I started chatting with him, chatting with you because I 
I heard good stuff about you. Like, if someone actually recommended, ah,、oh, talk to Michael. And I'm like, after like chatting with him, you know, I was also going through for the listeners out there. I was also interviewing for Bloomberg around that time, and that's how I got in touch with Michael and or Mike. You go by Michael, Michael. I'm sorry, I keep calling you Michael. <laughs> Either was fine. Okay, yeah, I I just taught, got in touch with Michael and like you got you gave in those like thirty minutes you were very articulate you're very like on point in general when you give advice and I'm just like you're I feel like you're kind of like the go to person if someone needs to have needs to have like quick advice and you're like the person to give the best advice in my opinion so I just want to put it out there for the listeners to know that too that's how much I appreciate Michael just want to say it. <laughs> Oh, thanks so much, Megan. That means a lot to me. Um. All right. Well, thanks so much for your time again. Really appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. Happy to be here. I'm very happy to be here. <laughs>